People buy houses every day. No big deal to the bank. But buying my first home? That was a big deal to me. That's why I got my mortgage from DCU. They were with me every step of the way. I was able to get a great rate, and they'll service my loan for as long as I have it. Plus, they let me manage my mortgage online, anytime. My mortgage from DCU was the first step, and now, I'm home. What will DCU mean to you? Insured by NCUA, NMLS number 466914, equal housing lender, membership required. Visit dcu.org. Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester. Arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch, from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello, and you are listening to Worcester Culture Watch on Telegram.com and WorcesterMag.com and Unity Radio 97.9 FM in Worcester. I'm your host, Victor Infante, entertainment editor for the Telegram and Gazette and content editor for Worcester Magazine. I am joined in the studio today by Worcester, Report- Worcester reporter, the Worcester oh, reporter, yeah. Worcester Magazine reporter, Bill Shaner. How are you doing, Bill? Happy New Year. Hey, doing great. Doing great. Thank you. Have a, have uh, a, good, have a good holiday there? Yeah, I tried. You know, it's, I was, yeah, it's always, you know. Uh, it was good. It was good. Yeah, I was asleep good. before midnight on New Year's Eve. <laughs> I, I, I admit, I fully admit it. Yeah. Oh well, I was up well, well after midnight on on New Year's, and I think I still might be feeling a little bit of the the uh, the repercussions. Of <laughs> yeah, that. I was in, I was I was at Nick's um, yesterday, and after you know, and um, Chip the bartender was. I was like, yeah, there was great holiday parties all over. I didn't go to any of them, of course. I stayed home and watched Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. He's like, oh, you're a culture reporter. It's like, yeah, it's like going to parties out there. It's kind of like working now. <laughs> also, I'm old. I, I get to stay home once in a while. It's okay. Yeah. All you're right. Allowed you're allowed to. All right. Enough of that. Um, so this is another one of those weeks where um, Worcester Magazine is coming out on Friday because of the holiday. Um, so hopefully it will be inserted in your papers and at your favorite newsstands on Friday. Um but it's a great, great story this week. We are talking about the mustard seed. Yeah, the mustard seed has uh, been there for a very long time. It's a, it's a soup kitchen, I guess you could say, but it, it has more functions than that uh, in the Piedmont neighborhood. It's on Piedmont Street. And I went there uh, on a recent afternoon and just sort of hung out there uh, for a couple hours to see what I could see. And... What uh, the result of that was this story, food, clothing, love. The mustard seed is an indispensable resource for Worcester's hungry and homeless. And uh, And I'd like to just interject here because a lot of people use those phrases interchangeably. Right. There are a lot of people who have homes, have jobs, and they're still suffering from hunger for... Right, right. The the issue of food insecurity, and it's something that I I tried to contextualize a little bit in the piece, Mm -hmm. is a separate issue for homelessness. Uh, uh, though there's a lot of overlap, obviously, it's yeah. not the same. Uh, it's not the same problem. It's it's actually two problems. <laughs> yeah, it's it's two overlapping problems. problems. Yeah, uh, and the mustard seed uh, only helps with the food side. You yes. can, if you're homeless, you can go there for two or three hours out of the cold, uh, but you can't stay there. It's not. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not, not a, a shelter. It's not a shelter. Uh, but what I found there was just like a very sort of and I tried to hit on it in the piece but it was a very sort of like uh 
jovial against all odds like like there was a lot of dark humor being thrown around and it was just like a really interesting uh and like homey atmosphere in there because a lot of the people that go there go there uh go there like four or five times a week right because they're open monday through friday and it's 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 just they don't have like a you don't have to sign up or anything they just open the doors at 3 30 and you can come in uh, and they'll kick people out occasionally. Um, I had a couple stories of that that didn't uh, make the cut uh, because I couldn't verify them in any way. But they do, do have yeah. to kick people out eventually, uh, every once in a while. But other than that, it's just like they prepare a meal, you show up, and uh, and you can eat it. And it is really one of the few places that that serves that sort of need that is so universally re- well regarded. Right, right. It doesn't have a lot of critics that I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's like uh, uh, an entirely or almost entirely um, volunteer-run mm-hmm. operation, which is really impressive to to just by the sheer force of volunteering, uh, be able to put uh, feed almost two hundred people. Is, is that uh, five for, times a day? Forgive me for not knowing. Is that under the auspices of the Catholic Worker? Or? Yeah, yeah, okay. it is. Yeah. Okay, but uh, the majority of the um, the people that work there work, you know, yeah. are, are just are just straight volunteers. And on the cover, you'll notice some some hands uh, spooning out some stuff from takeout containers. And that mm-hmm. was one of the sort of the most serendipitous moments uh, of my time there. Is I was talking to this lady. Uh, who has been homeless for uh, a couple months, and she has some uh, health issues, and her story is very sad. And I'm talking to her, and b- behind me, this lady rushes in with like four grocery bags full of Tupperware. So I was like, uh, "Excuse me, can I uh, just well, can we pick this back up later? I need to see where that lady's going." <laughs> and she just immediately goes into the kitchen, puts on her her gloves, opens up the Tupperware, starts throwing stuff on plates and serving it out. Uh, and it's apparently something that she does all the time. And she was just coming from, she had a bunch of leftovers from a holiday party and she decided to just go down to the mustard seed and, and serve it up. That's amazing. Uh, so like, that's just, I feel like that's a very sort of crystallized little narrative to show how this place continues and, and runs and, and sustains itself. Uh, excellent. No, it's, it, it's, it's, it is weird because I think people don't... We know there's a homelessness problem in Worcester. Right. We, we have eyes. Yeah, exactly. Um, we try very hard sometimes, I think, to not look at it. Right. Um, That's why panhandlers are so upsetting to people, I think. Mm-hmm, I think so, too. Because it's like a visual reminder that you know a lot of people in the city are, are uh, up on hard times. Yeah, and I think people get when they... I, I think... The feeling of helplessness, people have a reaction reaction to that. It's like they can't fix that. Right, right. And that makes them it makes some people angry. The, yeah. And it makes you know, they they, they snap at it. What they really people love to be angry at homeless people. It's one of the worst things. Yeah, and it's and a manifest <laughs> it's a manifestation of guilt. <laughs> Probably. You know, it's. <laughs> I, I, I think you're being generous, but probably. I, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but I find that that makes that that probably an easier way to process it than just well, uh, yeah. yeah yeah and i mean you throw money at it you throw you hand whatever changes in your you know cup drawer yeah in your car and you know it's nothing 
Right, right. It doesn't doesn't help. Anybody. No. So, I mean, it's, I think it's good that there are places like this out there in the city. And, I mean, maybe there's really not that many places quite like this. Like I said, this is the most, probably the most well-regarded. Yeah. And I think that uh, an, another interview that I, I had in this is a, a, um, a volunteer by the name of, I can't remember her name. Sorry, I'm, I'm flipping to the story right now. Um a volunteer who used to be homeless with children <clears throat> used to go to the mustard seed every day uh for two straight years uh has been volunteering at the mustard seed for 25 years now wow. after she found housing and security and now lives in Plumlee Village and she comes back and volunteers she had her mustard seed all-star shirt on uh and that i think is sort of one of the, the the more touching anecdotes is that, you know, she volunteers now because of how much this place helped her. So there's like a cyclical sort of like, uh, all right, this place gave me so much, I'm going to give back to it now. Uh, and I feel like that is a lot of the uh, the driving force um, behind a place like this too, is, it, is that sort of thing. And it's a complete lack of cynicism. Nobody's, right. nobody's, nobody's taking advantage of anybody in this situation. Right, right. Nobody's profiting off of the, off of the misery of others. Yeah. It's They're, just, if you're hungry, come in, uh, and we will try to feed you. Yeah. yeah. Now I think, you know, at some point down the road, I know when we did our, um, year end charity drive, charity stories, story, um, you know, the gift of giving story, we did, um, a lot of, Local charities, including a lot of shelters, a lot of you know groups that work with poverty. I'd like at some point down the future we should probably revisit that uh, sort of a guide to <laughs> you know either here with us or on Telegram dot com, one or the other. Just a straightforward. It's like these are what these organizations do. Yeah, this is what they need. I mean, I think we do that in the gift of giving. I think that sort of thing though that we should probably consider doing for the rest of you know throughout the year periodically. Yeah, I think that would be that'd be a good idea. And actually, honestly, this is something that I forgot to tell you about. But a lot of Worcester Mag readers in the in the crowd at the Mustard Seed. Uh, when uh, I went up to people, I told them I was with Worcester Magazine. I was like, "Oh, I love that paper. You guys used to have this puzzle, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that." You know, <laughs> I love that paper. Excellent. I do the crossword. Excellent. Yeah, I love that, that paper. You do an interview at the end, and you have that uh, that uh, um, uh, little pet picture <laughs> so. I, I mean it's a it's a free paper hey yeah, we're right, out there right. and, no that's our demographic them and the the hip-hop rappers and the and the um skateboarders those are our demographic that, <laughs> right, that right. is our demographic that is who is reading worcester that's not true everybody's reading worcester magazine everybody it's so funny and I, i'm not i don't want to like go way too off course here but somebody one of our photographer photographers christine peterson yeah. pointed out to me that everywhere she goes time she goes to like a coffee house or a diner there's people reading Worcester Magazine, which yeah. she hadn't seen a while back. Right. And so I've started watching when I'm in like Fuel or something <laughs> or, you know, Birch Street Bread Company or wherever. And yeah, I'm more and more, I'm starting to see people actually reading the paper. I'm so happy. Right. right. <laughs> That's so, you know, it's just like, it's just a little thing, but it makes me happy. If you know, I love seeing people reading the Worcester Magazine. It does make me feel good. It does. Yeah. It does. I have, I have had... Three people recognize me too. That's a, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody recognize, p- recognizes three people, me, so that's all right. Three people, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I'll have my face, sort of. 
Yeah, That's you had hard. your face. Now we don't do that anymore. <laughs> right, the, right. With the drawings, yeah, we we run Janice's photo online now. Right, right. But yeah, so we have started off New Year here, and we're starting off. Uh, I think I think this was an appropriate place to start. Yeah, it is a story about Worcester people, uh, told really for no other sake than just giving a little glimpse at how Worcester feeds uh, Worcester. Well, and it is a thing I think about sometimes where I'm like, you know, we still have problems with food deserts in this city. Right. Um, There are getting fresh vegetables in the urban parts of the city is still difficult. Right. And um, uh, on 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 a bigger level, there's, cuts happening to food assistance programs it's uh, true all the time it, it, it's uh, true more, and more on the federal level than the state level but still yeah yeah and the 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 cuts to snap um we don't even know what the what we have the, no idea you know those so of course i'll have to also go through survive going through congress which might be difficult right right so we don't yeah we don't we don't quite know what's going to happen there but the the concept of giving people money for food is under attack by the current administration. It uh, is. And, and I actually think that like anybody who thinks that, that that's a bad thing should read this story. Right. Right. Because that a lot of the, the people here that go to the mustard seed also, uh, receive food stamps mm-hmm. or, uh, snap benefits. And, uh, it's, it's sort of like a two or three pronged, uh, solution for feeding people is a combination of places like this uh you know government assistance and and um and other like there's there's a network of places like mustard seed and and shelters and such uh so it's all it's all important and i mean this is this kind of place is really where you you see like the 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 absolute bottom of the safety net yeah like where it's most likely to tear and break and any any change to any program for for the worst to to the more austere I, you're going to see it at places like mustard seed first yeah uh, so I I don't know I, I think that it, that it's important to to understand that um, you know the government assistance is uh, important for a lot of people and uh, this is the kind of place where you see it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, let's not have the cards and letters and add people adding us telling us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not do that. Yeah, have some compassion for people. Right. Right. But anyways, um, before we get off, before we close out this section segment, I did want to actually talk to you about one other thing, which the Warside Hall of entering the Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, my God. That is such when I saw that. uh I I forget who shared it out on Facebook the uh like the the GoFundMe page. Yeah. But I was just like these these people have been so good at dealing with city hall. They've been amazing. <laughs> they like, really have been. This is this is such a perfect example. So yeah, they they crowdfunded $500 to join the Polar Park Hall of Fame, which is mostly meant for like, you know, businesses. Yeah, the CEO of uh blah blah blah. And what it gives them is a plaque with anything they want on it and they're going to have the plaque be like rest in peace warside they also have to be brought onto the field at some point uh for an on-field event and they they have a meeting with top 
Baller Park executives. That is amazing. So that is brilliant. <laughs> and, well, like, what I love is because they play the system very well. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like they've been very like you're in your press reporting. You've been they've been very supportive of the city building a skate park at Crompton Park. Yeah. And they've also been very clear. It's like, well, that's not what for us. That is for like yeah, kids and for the community, and that's wonderful. Yeah, that's they're just that's their position is that that's something you promised to do ten years ago, and now you're doing it. This is not a replacement yeah. for the one that you tore tore down. For yeah, no reason. and and there are legal issues on their side where, of course, <laughs> they did not own the property they were on. Yeah, and right, right. We, and we, we we can't forget that. It's like, but everybody knew it right. was there. Yeah, right. right. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I admire their, I admire the way they've, they have dealt with the system. And I think at the end of the day, wherever, whatever they do, I think is going to be amazing. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing their next move and to see the response from the uh, Polar Park organization in the city on having to make the Warside people Hall of Famers. I think, <laughs> you know what, if I were them and they don't care for my, my, my advice whatsoever, yeah. if I were them, I would just go lean into it and go with it, man. <laughs> yeah. Just go with it. Yeah. It's the root of least resistance <laughs> because Lord knows something sillier could have... This is actually something. Some, I'm sure somebody can put in something sillier. Yeah, right, right. And it's not that much money. It you really might is. see them drastically raise the amount of money that it required to be a, a Hall of Famer, and that's how they're going to handle it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, right, right. We'll see how it goes. All right. I think that about wraps up this segment. We'll be back in a moment. But first, this is Doomsday Disco by Walter Sickert and the Army of Broken Toys. <laughs> Let's go! Yeah! <laughs> Riding on the tip of top of 
You have been listening to Doomsday Disco by Walter Sickert and the Army of Broken Toys. Um, you can read more about them in last week's Worcester Magazine with uh, my favorite albums of 2019. Um, still a fun read, and you can still find copies of it laying around, um, I think. Actually, I was at Nick's last night, and I saw somebody grab the absolute last copy of this week's issue. They usually get a stack, and they, in fact, they still had last, the week before's kicking around. And they have the last one, so that that made me happy to see that people are actually picking it up somewhere. <laughs> oh, that's a good sign. <laughs> Definitely. Now, as you might have noticed, I am not in the studio with Bill Shaner anymore. I am now in the studio with Richard Duckett. Hi, Richard. <laughs> Hello, Victor. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, and you've got a wonderful rundown of some of the things to look forward to in this bleak and frigid time of year. Yes, I mean, it wasn't so long ago that um, you wouldn't see very many shows in January. It's true. Because uh, because of the weather. And indeed, there have um, been some shows that um, fell a cropper to the weather because of blizzards that showed up. Um, oh, yeah. And forced um, cancellations, postponements. So it's a bit chancy to have have a big show in January, but there are several uh, events uh, that look very good, very hot, you might say, uh, <laughs> happening uh, happening this, this January. Definitely. So what can we be looking forward to here? Well, um, coming up at uh, Me- Mechanics Hall uh, is the return of Winton Marsalis and the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra. They're going to be here on January 12th, um, presented by by Music Worcester. Um, Winton Marsalis opened the um, Music Worcester season a couple of years ago, so that was sold out. And so he's coming back, and it looks like that one's going to be a sellout as well. And the program's quite interesting. I think uh, it features two relatively new works. Now, some works that are actually composed by 
members of the band, as I recall. Right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, they're members of the orchestra, and they're also sort of composers in their own right. Of course. Um, who've, who've composed other work, but um, the first work that's going to be performed is Victor Guanez's um, Untamed Elegance, which is um, inspired by the well, 1920s, which is appropriately enough, uh, since we're in a uh, hundred years later into a new decade. Uh, so it's um, the culture of the prohibition years that uh, apparently takes, I'm quoting here, a thoroughly modern trip into the wild and sophisticated jazz age. So, ah. uh, so that sounds uh, like it could be fun. Um Meanwhile, um, orchestra member Chris Crenshaw uh, has a work that's being featured called God's Trombones, which takes its inspiration from James Weldon Johnson's 1927 book of poems, God's Trombones, Seven Negro Sermons in Verse. Oh. And the, the, the work by uh, Crenshaw consists of seven movements um, based on those um, sermons at first. So um, sounds sounds intriguing. That sounds that sounds like a fascinating program. It's something you're not going to be able to just see somebody else do down the road. You know? Yeah. So the, yeah. So um, although let's face it, nobody seeing somebody else do it is not the same as seeing Winston Marcellus in the Lincoln <laughs> Jazz at Lincoln Center or right, right. Doing it. Right, but I'm not playing it safe coming no. in with a program like that. So uh, that's uh, that should make for for a great evening. Definitely. Um, and then uh, on January 16th through January 19th, one of the biggest productions of the Hanover Theatre's uh, current Broadway series is coming here, and this is the musical adaptation of uh, a Bronx Tale. Um, Excellent. Uh, Bronx Tale was. Um, Originally, a one-man show um, by written and performed by Chaz Piamentieri. Then it became a movie. Um, actually, many consider it to be a movie classic um, starring Robert De Niro. Niro. Yep. Uh, then it was made into a musical that ran in for over 700 performances on Broadway from 2016 to 18. Uh, on a local note, we might recall that uh, Worcester... Actress Lucia Gianetta was in that Broadway version. Oh. Um, so it's a story about a, a young man um, coming of age in the 1960s who um, uh, has to make a choice between the father who raised him and the uh, local mob boss father figure who fascinates him. And um, the Broadway version was directed by Robert De Niro, who played the father in the movie. So, well, there you go. <laughs> and now the show's on the road. And so it'll be here for um, six performances in January, January, January 16th. So, um, so that's a big one. That is. I, I'm. I'm always. I'm. I just think the Broadway series at the Hanover has been an amazing addition to the city's cultural life. I know it's been a while now, but it's. It's. I'm always like so happy with the shows that they bring in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it's. it's yeah. It's been over ten years, but um, it, it is now uh, uh, an integral part of the theater scene. I know here, the biggest part of the theater scene here. Um, so moving on um, into the month, um, Apollo's Fire, which is um, a very impressive um, uh, 
musical ensemble from Cleveland. They were here a couple of years ago, and they've got what sounds like a great program to me uh, called Sugarloaf Mountain, an Appalachian gathering. Uh, That's that is a fascinating world. concept. Yeah, yeah, it's going to it's going to explore the ballads, reels, and fiddle tunes. Uh, that the Celtic immigrants um, took with them to uh, Virginia uh, over all those years ago. And that music sort of mingled with uh, southern hymns and African spirituals and produced what we call uh, Appalachian music. Excellent. Well, that's, no, that's fascinating. And, you know, it's the story of American music, obviously, is something that's of great interest to me. And, uh, you know, just seeing so much so much focus on the roots of where this all comes from coming out of there is, is, and reimagined for contemporary audiences is, you know, not just here, but with a lot of what's been going on lately is in the music world is really just exciting to me. Yeah. So that'll be at uh, Tuckerman Hall um, on um, January. Uh, I forget. I forget the January 26th. There we go. I'm sorry. Yep, January 26th. lost my place for a second. Though. January 26th. Yeah. Also on January 26th, so there's a lot going on that day, um, the Simon and Garfunkel story uh, comes to the Hanover Theatre. Now, yeah, Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, they're alive and well, so we're all thankful for that. But um, their music... Um, Going back to the mid-1960s, if not a little earlier, um, some of the greatest uh, pop music of all time. Um, so certainly the best duo music of all time. Um, from And uh, time has been told, time has come to tell their story. Um, so this is, a, this is a show that features um, clips from the actual Simon and Garfunkel, and two singers-performers playing uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel on stage with an orchestra. Uh, so uh, all the hits tells the story. Um, so you can expect everything, you know, from uh, Homeward Bound to Mrs. Robinson to Bridge Over Troubled Water. It's amazing to think, really, that uh, they broke up in uh, around 1970. I know, and the, but... The, I, I mean, no, I've not actually ever seen Simon and or Garfunkel perform. Have you? Uh, Art Garfunkel has been in Worcester yeah. a couple of times. Um, not, not to my knowledge, uh, Paul Simon. Um, but there uh, are those um, shows you can look up uh, on TV, like the, con- the concert at Central Park. And oh, yeah. Also the London performances. So you can, you can, oh, see, you can and, see it live. And I have. <laughs> on TV. Yeah, it's just... But, I mean, uh, to see them in person, you would have to be... Um, See them at the at the zenith. Uh, you'd have to go back, you know, back as I said, you know, yeah, to way back. So because I, I still just I just the point I was going to say is like I can think of very little popular music that I find as affecting as their work. Yeah, it was. If you listen to it, it's still pretty innovative. Um, the only living boy in New York, for example. Mm. I mean uh, that that compares. Um, I mean that sounds like it could have come, been produced yesterday. It doesn't sound dated at all. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, it, it still sounds uh, very innovative in, in terms of uh, you know the the production values. Um, the songs, um, you know, we use this term a lot, but uh, they are timeless. They really are. Well, it's funny. The only time, literally, the only time I have ever cried in 20 years of reviewing concerts 
was at the Hanover Theater, John Legend playing Bridge Over Troubled Water. Mm. Big old Lucille Ball sobs. I could not stop myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. These are, these are, these are great, great songs. Um, um, they did great stuff on their own, but, uh, oh, yeah. um, but together, uh, they, it really, it really was, um, pure magic. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, probably less emotional at the Worcester auto show. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a Worcester tradition now. It's, 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 it's um, for 35 years, it's been held between the end of the NFL uh, playoffs and the Super Bowl. So um, it's always held that Sunday, that Sunday break between... Um, that is smart marketing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so obviously it works because they've been doing it for 35 years. And oh, so, yes. So the water, what's the order show DCU Center from January 24th to 26th? Um, Promises the most exciting new vehicles from over 20 major manufacturers uh, for 2020, and that includes crossovers, SUVs, trucks, sports cars, coupes and sedans, um, draws a good crowd. Um, if you want to go look at new cars and, you know, you know, really cool cars, that's a good place to go. It's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I've covered it, and um, it's, it's interesting the... Uh, Different kind, different sorts of people you see there. Well, it's like a love of cars is one of those things where it's like if you are a car person, and you can be from any walk of life to be a car person, something like this is just like you're a kid in a candy store. Yeah, yeah. And um, I should have mentioned in my story, but uh, there's another sort of a traditional event uh at the DCU Center, that's January 18th to 19th, and that's the Worcester Wedding and Bridal Expo. Also very popular. Yeah, very popular, and again, draws, draws quite a diverse uh, crowd. It really does. Now, that's 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 a different sort of um, phenomenon, but... <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, when you're, interest, when you're in that market, you are in that market. <laughs> yeah, so um, those are two fixtures, January fixtures, ac- actually. Uh but another another show that's uh, coming up is the Illusionists live from Broadway. Uh, two shows actually, January thirtieth and thirty first. So it's a high tech magic show, um, and um, it's quite a phenomenon. It um, draws huge audiences, and you hear words like jaw dropping and uh, amazing and. Uh, how do they do it? And so um, that will be again uh, something something to see. Magic, and magic. <laughs> and if you think January is uh, well, well, well stacked with shows, wait till you see February, the shortest month of the year. Has, has probably more shows coming up in uh, yeah. any, any month uh, well, this year. It's 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 fascinating. Everything from you know Air Supply, who evidently did. So well here last I saw them here last when they were here right. last year and they were that was a fun show. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they're coming. Uh, yeah. The Ukraine National Symphony, the Siberian Symphony Orchestra, uh, John Cleese, Cleese is coming. Um, That's a lot to look forward to. Sex in the City. It's Burns Night in Mechanics Hall. Um, so, um, well, actually, Burns Night is January 25th. I'm sorry. Um, oh, but, oh. Uh, but, uh, but it's coming up. But, but yeah, so that's coming up. Um, 
Yeah, so there are all sorts of uh, things to look forward to during these um, midwinter months. Yeah, now, you know, it's like we're all, especially, you know, here in the, if you're in the newsroom and trying to put together a calendar, you're, you will hear us grumble that there's nothing going on in January and I don't know we're, how we're going to fill this calendar. There's a lot going on. Um, there even there's all, uh, please, if you, if you really like, don't think there's anything going on, pick up a Worcester magazine, pick up Act on Sundays in the Telegram and Gazette and look at the calendars. There is something. There's always, there's always, this is a city that is filled with things to do. So hopefully if, you know, it, it appears that more and more as we go on, there is more to do of more, more in a wider variety. So hopefully, you know, take advantage of some of that before it's gone. And uh, we'll be having some stories on a few of these. As oh well. yes, so, of course. <laughs> so stay tuned. Yes, if you want to find out what's going on in Worcester, read Worcester Magazine dot uh, Worcester Magazine and Telegram and Gazette at WorcesterMag.com and Telegram and Telegram.com. I know our URLs. I really do. I think at this point, though, that is a sign for us to start wrapping things up. You have been listening to Worcester Culture Watch. Um, as always, our music was composed by DJ Manipulator. Happy, happy New Year, and we'll be back next week.